Good morning, or afternoon. <laughs> I see some faces that were here this morning. That means I did a, a pretty good job. I got you coming back. Or maybe you were just stuck here. I'm not, I'm not really sure, but um, my name is Timmy Ty. I am a sophomore at the San Diego Academy. I'm 15 and single. <laughs> Don't really understand why that's relevant, but all right. Um, yeah, this is, uh, be, besides this morning, this is my first time preaching in front of a church. I preached at school, and I did a pretty good job because they, they called me over here. I sound so official, like, oh, they called me up. All right, I'm, now, I'm here to, now I'm here to share with you something. So let me start off by telling you a little bit about my family. So I have an older sister, Candace, an older brother, Evan, another brother, William, and then my sister, Elena, and there's me. Now this story is about Elena. So, <laughs> so my mom tells me, because I'm not, I was not old enough to remember any of this, but my mom tells me that her friend gives her a call, and this was when the live action movie of Peter Pan just came out, and then so she calls up my mom and she says, Yachty, let's get the kids together. Let's go watch Peter Pan. So my mom's like, okay, cool, let's do this. So she has three kids and my mom has five. So that's eight. So my mom's like, okay, eight kids. So as soon as we get there, my mom counts off heads. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, we're all here, let's go. So they grab the popcorn, they grab the candy, then they go sit in the movie theater, and my mom asks, bathroom, does anybody need to go to the bathroom? Because you know that moment when you're in the movie theater, the movie's just getting good, and then, mom, can I go to the bathroom? And you're just like, ah, and there's going to be 15 minutes, and we have to miss a really important part of the movie, and it's, just, it's awful. If I was a parent, I'd make sure that my kids did not have to go to the bathroom during a movie. But then my mom goes, okay, bathroom, bathroom, bathroom. Where's Elena? My mom counts off heads again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. My mom's friend forgot to tell my mom that she brought her daughter's friend, Monica. Same size as Elena, same haircut, just looks like Elena. So my mom's like, this is not Elena, this is Monica. So she starts freaking out. Where is my daughter? Like looking everywhere, looking in the front. And then she runs to the car. And, and so she tells me that she finds Elena pressed up against the window, crying, saying, Mom, let me out, just banging on the window. And then so my mom's like, baby, don't worry, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. She doesn't have the keys. So she has to run all the way to, like, to back to the movie theater, and Elena has to watch my mom leave again, leave her back in, in the car, and she's like, Mom, so she's yelling more. She's hitting the window more. I don't understand why Elena couldn't have just unlocked the door and gotten out. <laughs> just but so then my mom grabs the keys. She goes to the car, and she unlocks it. She gets Elena out. They go to the bathroom. They clean her up, and then they watch the movie. Now, Elena doesn't remember this, so she's not scarred for life being left in the car. Now, be, now, before I go any further, my mom is not a bad parent. She's not. <laughs> and you can't lie and say that you haven't left your kids somewhere. Because I know every, every single parent has. So, 
I, I wanted to tell that story because pretty sure at that time, Elena watched everybody get out of the car, watched them close the door, watched them leave her, abandon her in the car, and then so she's yelling, Mom, Mom, Mom. She just keeps on going. She just leaves her. And then she comes back to find her to leave again. So I'm pretty sure at, at that time, Elena felt abandoned. Now, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up in the news, but there was a flood in the Philippines. Very tragic, because a, co- uh, a couple of thousand people got washed away from their homes. They were left abandoned on the street. And that really caught my attention. Like, here I am waking up on a beautiful day, and there's people who are waking up in water. So let's begin. Would you open up your Bibles with me to the chapter of Matthew? Uh, uh, 20, Matthew 26. Give you guys a second to uh, get there. In the morning, I did not have these sticky notes. So I was like trying to thumb through the Bible super fast. I'd skip over it. And then I actually lost my place a couple times. But I fixed that. Mapped it out. So we're going to be looking at Matthew 26, verses 38 and 39. And it says, Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So Jesus, Jesus at this time, before like before this, Jesus was walking in, and everybody was praising him. They were waving palm leaves at him. And I was about to say palm trees. You can't wave a palm tree at somebody. But um, they were waving palm leaves, and they were saying, praise Jesus. They were praising him. Have you guys ever woken up and just been overwhelmed with excitement, and you just say, praise God that I'm awake. Praise God that I'm given family. But that turned into, now that these people that were praising him, now a mob wanting him dead. So Jesus has gone to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And Jesus brought his disciples. Now I'm sure if you had a mob coming after you, you'd want to go pray to God and ask for help. And you'd want your friends or your family to come with you to keep watch. So then Jesus is at the Garden of Gethsemane and he's breaking down. Jesus Christ is breaking down. He's overwhelmed with sorrow. And in verse 39, it says, Going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So Jesus, Jesus is, over, is overwhelmed with sadness and like stress because he doesn't want to go through with the plan. But he's saying to God, God, if this is the only way, I'll do it. I will go through with this, not as I will, but as you will. Your plan is what I'm going to follow. Now, as I said, Jesus is breaking down. Like, he's falling on his face. I don't know if you guys have gotten to that point where you can't breathe, you can't stand, because you're just, you're so sad, you're so broken inside. That's what Jesus is going through right now, because he knows that as he's praying right now, his disciples, they're letting him down. They're sleeping. So Jesus goes back to them, finds them asleep, and says, what, like, what are you doing? Are you, are you sleeping? I just asked you to just watch. Just watch over me while I go pray. Think of this. Think of you asking your friends just, or your family members, anybody, just do this one thing for me. I'm at a point where I need you the most. 
I need you to watch over me and make sure that I'm okay. And then they fall asleep on you. I, w- I would be so frustrated. <laughs> but, so, Jesus goes back to them, finds them asleep again. And so Jesus is saying, just one, just please stay awake. I'm asking you of this to just stay awake. I need to go pray. So Jesus goes back and he prays the same prayer. Um, he prays the same prayer and says, uh, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So he prays that prayer again because he's asking God, God, please, I don't want to do this. My friends are letting me down right now. My, my, my friends are betraying me. They're abandoning me at this moment that I need them the most. But if this is your plan, I'll do it. So then Jesus goes back to them to find them asleep yet again. And in verse 45, it says, Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are, are you still sleeping and, and resting? Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed unto the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my be- here comes my betrayer. So at the so at the at the last supper that just passed, Jesus tells all of his disciples, "One of you guys are going to betray me." They all look around like, ah, "Who's who's going to betray you?" And then, oh, it's Judas. Bam, just like that. Judas was the one who sold Jesus to the mob. That's why they're coming after him. Now, Judas sold Jesus for a little bit less than the price of bread. Not even the price of a slave. For bread. That's, that's just not cool. And then so, when Jesus is in the garden, he tells Peter, Peter, you are going to betray me. You are going to deny me. He warns Peter, saying, like, you, you are, you are the one that's going to deny me. You are going to push me away when I need you. And Peter's saying, no, no, that's not me. He's like, God, I got you, like you the homie. I I will I will never be I will never betray you. So Peter, uh, Jesus is taken by the mob. He's arrested, and at and at at this time, somebody notices Peter, and they say, "Hey, aren't you a, a disciple of Jesus? Aren't you a disciple of this man that we're accusing?" And Peter says, "No, not me." Think of you're just walking. You're an innocent man. You're just walking. The police pull you over. They say you're under arrest for this murder, this murder, uh, this crime, robbing a bank. Just whatever it is that you clearly didn't do. And then you're like, no, I was with Peter at that day. And then they ask Peter, Peter, was this man with you or this woman? And then Peter will say, no, I don't know her. I don't know him. And you look at Peter like, on. I need you, bro. But then he lets you down. That's what Jesus is going through. So they ask Peter again, don't you know him? Aren't you one of his 12? And then he even gets to the point where he's cursing at them, saying, no, throwing some choice words that I should not be saying, saying, no, I don't know this man. I don't know what you're talking about. That's not me. So Jesus is now being let down by Peter being betrayed by Peter. And now we get to the point where Jesus is put before Pilate. Now this, now this part right here is the part that irritates me the most. 
Jesus was given to Pilate, and Pilate knew Jesus was innocent. Pilate knew this man should not be going through what he's going through. And guess what Pilate does? He goes outside and he washes his hands and he says, the blood of this man is on you guys. But then he says, it is that time of the year when I let one of my prisoners go. So you have a choice. You can let Jesus go. Innocent man has done nothing to you but helped you, healed you. This good man. Or you can let one of the worst criminals in the world to go. And they choose to let this man go. Just think about that. They're willing to let a criminal that's the worst. He's, he's probably the, like, the, the nastiest person on earth. He probably kills people, uh, rapes people, steals p- things from people, just ruins lives. And they choose to let that man go. So that is when Jesus was, not, was now betrayed by Judas, Peter, Pilate, now the people. So these people that were just praising God as he's walking through the street, well, praising Jesus as he's walking through the street, waving palm leaves at him, saying, praise you, praise you, the Son of God. They're now spitting at him, hitting him, throwing trash, dirt at him. I don't, I don't know about you, but the moment somebody spits at you, that's, that's pretty much saying you're nothing. You can curse at me. You can do whatever you want to me. But the moment you spit at me, that's, that's the lowest of the low. Like, haven't you noticed that whenever you see in those movies or something, somebody beats somebody up and then they spit on them? Because that's saying, I'm done with you. You're nothing to me. Spit right on them. So Jesus was spat at. And, like, I'm, Jesus was humiliated. He felt worthless. Because as he was walking down, all, like, he, as soon as that first saliva shot hits him, I'm pretty sure at that moment he was like, if you loved me, why would you be doing this to me? Why would you be spitting at me, calling me these names, torturing me, and sending me to my death. If you loved me, you wouldn't be doing this. I'm pretty sure at that moment, Jesus felt worthless. His disciples abandoned him because now they're all on the run. They're in hiding. The people that were by Jesus through everything, saw his miracles, saw everything that he did. He taught them. He didn't teach them Lessons when they came, he taught them a lesson a day because they followed him. They slept with Jesus. They slept next to him. They heard the stories and they saw his miracles. And now they're in hiding. They're abandoning their friend Jesus because they're scared. So they run away. He was, he was betrayed by Judas, Peter, Pilate. Now everybody, everybody is now leaving him. Jesus feels worthless. If anybody loved me, they'd be next to me. I want to tell you a story that happened to me. About five years ago, my dad left. Now, he didn't leave because he wanted to. He left because he had to. He did some bad things and ended up in a bad place. 
And when my dad left, around my eighth grade year is when it really started to hit me. Because my dad's not going to see me graduate. My dad's not going to see me go through high school. My dad's not going to see me become the man that I will be when he comes back. He left me. My dad is gone. If my dad loved me, he would be here. If my dad even felt anything for me, he wouldn't have done the things that he did to be put away. But he did. So I would ask myself every night. I would break down. I would cry. I would hide away from my family because I never wanted them to see me like this. And I'd ask, Dad, if you loved me, you wouldn't have done these things. You wouldn't have abandoned me here by myself to face these things all by myself, to teach me how to shave, to teach me how to talk to a girl, to tell me what to do when I'm on my first date and I don't know how to be a gentleman. You're supposed to be there for that, but you abandoned me. Now, last year was my freshman year, and I finally, I finally figured out that my dad did not do that stuff on purpose. So as we go back to the story of Jesus, Jesus is now on the cross. They've nailed him. They've given him a crown. There's one final thing that the Romans do. They put up a sign at the very top of the cross that says, King of the Jews. Now that's one big middle finger to everybody. Because they're saying, look at this man, look at Jesus. The, guy, the, the, the man that you claim to be the son of God, look at, look at what we've done to him. We've beat him. We've spit at him. We've chosen to give up the worst criminal in, in the world over him. You're God. You're king. So let's give him a crown. Let's give him a crown of thorns because every king de- deserves a crown. And let's title him the king of the Jews. Now, you know that this was just one big laughing matter because even, par- even the Pharisees were telling him, take it down, take it down, they, because they even felt the humiliation from that, from that sign, king of the Jews. But the Romans just laughed, and they said, this is your God. This man, Jesus Christ, is your God. Now, if you turn to verse 27... Jesus says in, not verse 27, chapter 27, verses 46, just verse 46. Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So he's saying, God, why have you left me? Why have you abandoned me here on the cross? And then Jesus died. Jesus did not die because of his wounds. Because he was starved, because he was because de- he was dehydrated, he died because he felt that separation from God. Because he thought God was not there. Now, for all the fathers out there and mothers, if you saw your son go through all of this, would you leave? Would you would you leave your son at that moment? to face this all by himself, or no matter what, would you stay by his side? But Jesus felt that God left. But God never left. 
Jesus died because he felt that separation from the source of life. He felt abandoned by God. But I'm here today to tell you that God will never abandon you. And I'll tell you why. Because Jesus resurrected. That's awesome. (laughs) I find that great. And I'll tell you why Jesus resurrected. Because if Jesus was fully separated from that source of life, Jesus would have never been able to get up and be Jesus. (laughs) Check this out. God never abandons us because he trusts us. Jesus trusted, his, Jesus trusted his disciples to stay and keep watch over him. But he knew. He knew that they were sleeping. But he still trusted them. He still went back and he said, do it again for me. Do it again. And they did it three times. They fell asleep three times and Jesus said, let's go. Time's up. And even as the disciples were in hiding, when Jesus resurrected, he went back to them. And ask them, why are you hiding? That's how we know God is never going to abandon us. Because God, God lets us deliver the gospel imperfectly. Because he trusts us. He comes back to us and lets us keep, keep on trying. Because he never leaves us. Now, one last verse that really, really opens up the mind. And the heart and the eyes is in Romans. You flip to Romans 8, verse 38 and 39. Now, as I said in the morning, I, I find this super funny. Well, just like a coincidence. Because in the beginning, I said Matthew 27, 38, and 39. And then here's Romans 8, 38, and 39. I just, I was like, Whoa. okay. So in 38, Paul writes, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's saying, no matter what is on this earth, anything, demons, even angels, nothing is going to separate us from God. Because Jesus resurrected. If Jesus was fully separated from God, if Jesus fully was disconnected from God, abandoned by God, Jesus would have never resurrected. Now to go back to the point of Jesus feeling abandoned. God, I can promise you that God wanted to do something. God wanted to help his son when he was on the cross. But he didn't. Because when we go back to the, because when we're in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus says, I don't want to go through this plan. But if it is your will, I'll do it. Because Jesus sacrificed himself. He died for us so that we would never be separated from God. Jesus already took that pain. Through it all, through everything that happened, God was there. He never left Jesus. Like he's never going to leave you. Never. 
That's a promise that I can surely make you. I'm gonna get real. I'm gonna get low. Connect with you for a second. See these trees? The trees outside, the flowers. Think of a leaf being plucked. Think of you snipping the flower. What happens? It dies. It might not die right away, but it's surely going to die. And there's no way of bringing that back to life. No matter how much water you give it, no matter how much food you give that flower, and that leaf, I've never fed a leaf before, but no no matter what you do, you can't give that that source that was disconnected. When 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 the flowers cut from the stem, it is disconnected from its source of life. It is disconnected from the ground that brings it up. Just like when you pull off the leaf, it is disconnected from that tree that gives that leaf life. Just like we are that leaf, and God is that tree. If we were ever fully separated from God, we would surely die and never come back to life. But Jesus took that place for us so that we would never be disconnected from God. In, in this past couple of months, I've realized a lot of people have been feeling abandoned. But I'm here to say again, you can be abandoned by your friends, by your family, by the ones that say, I love you. Wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, if you're a girl, and yeah, okay. So, You can be abandoned by everybody, by the dogs that you have. They can leave and say, I'm outie. And they dip. You can be left by everybody in the world. Everything that God has created, they can leave you. But God will never leave you, no matter what. And if I've touched on anything today, if I've gotten to you, it's with that. That no matter how old you are, People still feel sad. People still feel abandoned. But no matter how old you are, God will never abandon you. Because Jesus took that place for us. Jesus died for us so that we'd always have that connection with God. Please bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us this Saturday. Thank you for giving me the words that you have put into me to to speak to everybody. Thank you for everything that you've done for us and with the, with the people in the, in the Philippines. Please help them, Lord, because they feel abandoned. They don't have a home. Just like the people that are outside of this church right now, they feel left out. They feel let down by their families, their friends that have kicked them out, have kicked them to the curb, and have said, I'm leaving you. Help us all learn that, God, you will never leave us, no matter what. Because you are the almighty God that has a plan for each and every one of us. Thank you for all the blessings that you've given to us in the past hour, in the past minute, and in the past second, Lord. Even though we don't see them, they're still there. Because you are the only one that can do that. Because you are that main source of life. And you will feed us forever. And never leave, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen.
Thank you.